When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Great open from Mario Ruiz. Lakers, 3-3 three and three off this uh, six-game road trip. we got a lot to get into. I want to spend some time talking about um, just my thoughts on the last six games for the Lake Show. Look at the upcoming schedule. The Boston Celtics coming to Crypto.com tomorrow. Uh, we're getting closer to that December 15th date. And um, I-, I think for Laker fans, there's a lot of curiosity how active – how aggressive will the Lakers be um, when all these other players become available in the next few days? Draymond Green had some interesting thoughts about the Lakers as well, so we'll get a chance to get into all that. Thank you for being a part of the show. If you want to hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, and uh, let's get the uh, let's get the show started. Okay, so Lakers 3-3 three and three on that six-game road trip. You know, I'm kind of – I have this weird feeling about the 3-3 three and three road trip, and I'm just going to give my thoughts – on just overall what I thought and how the Lakers performed and the expectations and how the expectations changed as that uh, road trip continued. Um, but just a quick little example here. Beat the Bucks, beat the Wizards, lost to Toronto, uh, Cleveland, Philly, and then closed it out against the uh, Pistons last night. So if you guys remember, this was, I don't know, a week ago or so, probably like 10 days ago or so, we were having a conversation about the Lakers road trip, and I think most people would have said, hey, if the Lakers go 3-3 three and three on this road trip, you good with that? And I don't know too many Laker fans that wouldn't sign up for that. I, I myself, I did, um, you know, we do this Lakers Talk Daily. It goes up on our YouTube page here at ESPN LA, and I predicted that they'd go 2-4. and four. And I wasn't giving the Lakers enough credit um, and I wasn't giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I was doing that on purpose. You know, they had only had two road wins on the season this year going into that six-game road trip. And those two wins were back-to-back against the San Antonio Spurs the day after Thanksgiving, and they played them you know, the next night as well. They played them on a Friday and Saturday. Those were the only wins the Lakers had on the road this year were two games against a awful San Antonio Spurs team. They had lost to the Warriors. They had lost to the Nuggets. They had lost to the Timberwolves, the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Suns all on the road. So I wasn't, um, I didn't want to give the Lakers benefit of the doubt on this road trip because they're going to play some quality teams. And I was giving the Lakers some wins against bad teams. Um, Right out the gate, the Lakers go get a W against the Milwaukee Bucks. What? That might be the toughest place to play in the entire NBA. And the Lakers go and find a way to beat Milwaukee, not because Milwaukee didn't have Giannis, not because Milwaukee played an awful game, because the Lakers were just better. They beat Giannis, they beat the Bucks. Giannis drops 40, Drew Holiday gives 28, I think Middleton had 17 and 7, something along those lines. I know he was just getting back, but I point that out because... They start the road trip out with an absolute bang, and nobody thought the Lakers were going to win that first game against the Bucks. Next game, it was a week ago yesterday. Next game, Lakers go up against the Washington Wizards. What do the Lakers do? 
they take care of the Wizards. Wizards are not that good of a team. I think Wizards now, they're on some type of a losing streak. Um, but they take care of the Wizards, and uh, you know we, we kind of move along. Bradley Beal only played three minutes in that game. He had a hamstring issue. So the Lakers start the road trip 2-0. So now, naturally, of course my expectations are going to change. Of course I'm going to start looking at the Lakers a little bit differently. Of course I'm going to see... Is it possible that the Lakers – I actually wasn't asking for much. I wasn't trying to get greedy. Once they were 2-0, and in my head, the only thing that I was looking for the Lakers to accomplish was, can you get one win between the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Toronto Raptors, and the Philadelphia 76ers? Pick up one win in those three games. Just don't go on a three-game losing streak. And I don't think I was asking for too much. And for me, the thing that I wanted the most – from the Lakers out of this road trip was the opportunity to see them against quality teams on the road. We saw it against the Bucks, but now you got some other teams. Cleveland, I think at the time, had the third best record in the East. Toronto and Philly are not the best teams in the Eastern Conference, but they got some really good players. They're well coached. Uh, in Philly's case, they got obviously true star power in, in, in Joel Embiid, and I wanted to see how the Lakers would react to it. Unfortunately, the rest of the road trip did not work out that way. Once Anthony Davis left the game in the first quarter against the Cleveland Cavaliers, that game was a wrap. And we were not going to get a chance to see the Lakers against the Cavs, against a good quality Cavs team. We just weren't. Um, and the the next game, the Lakers play the Toronto Raptors, and now AD sits, Braun sits, Patrick Beverly sits, Wenyon Gabriel's been out. Um, I think they obviously missed him as well. There's another game. We didn't get the ch- get a chance to see the Lakers at full strength. I will say, if AD and Braun were full strength in Cleveland and Toronto, I think you're winning one of those two games. But that's not how it worked. So you started out 2-0, and and then you're 2-2 two and two because your star players are not there. Um, so that obviously added a twist to that six-game road trip that we weren't expecting. So for me, it all came down to this final game. It's not the final game. It's the game against the Sixers, the Pistons game. You're going to expect to win that game. It came down to the Friday night Lakers and the Sixers. That game, I thought, was going to be the difference of, hey, this was a really, really good road trip, 4-2. and two. Or it was, okay, it was average. And again, it's not that I'm not, I don't want to take the 3-3. Three and three. I do take the 3-3. Three and three. And you got a really impressive win in that mix against the Milwaukee Bucks. And you're missing Braun and AD for a couple of these games. But I thought the Philly game, Philly had lost three in a row. They've looked okay. Um... You know, they're missing uh, Tyrese Maxey is a, a, one of their main players that he wasn't going to play. And I thought you could catch Philly. I thought you could catch them um, at the right time. And right out the gate, you got Anthony Davis that commits three fouls in the first seven minutes of the game. And that just changed everything to this ball game. Philly had control of the game. And then Lakers' fourth quarter comes. They're down 16 with a little over four minutes left. Then two minutes left to play. Lakers are down 10. And somehow the Lakers find a way. And Philadelphia somehow finds a way to say, Lakers, we do not want this game. They commit five turnovers in the final two minutes. And Austin Reeves goes to the free throw line to go tie the game. And he hits the first two free throws. He's got a third one left. Trying to tie the game at 120. He misses the free throw. There's the Lakers' chance opportunity. The game's over, right? No. Philly commits another turnover. Now Anthony Davis finds the ball in his hands with three and a half seconds left to go, gets fouled. Now he's got a chance not to tie the game, but to give the Lakers an actual lead. Philly had no timeouts left. Uh, Again, Philly tried everything to hand the Lakers that game. 
and instead AD hits the first free throw, misses the second free throw. You know AD went to the free throw line 14 times that game. He made 13 of them. That was the only miss that he had. Uh, Lakers end up losing in overtime. They're they're gassed from there as far as uh, just how tired they were. And then they come back with a win yesterday against the Pistons, which was not easy, by the way. Had, I want to say, a 12-point lead at halftime and then find themselves just clinging, hanging on in the final few seconds in the fourth quarter. Austin Reeves hits a big three, and that's how we get to 3-3. Three and three. There are a lot of ups and downs on that trip. And I think three weeks ago, if you'd have said that the Lakers were going to go 3-3 three and three on this road trip, a lot of people wouldn't believe you. Um, once the Lakers started out 2-0, and I got greedy. I wanted. I, I felt like the Lakers were starting to prove, hey, they could hang with some of these good teams. They obviously beat the Bucks on the road. Uh, that was the toughest game that was going to be a part of that road trip. I really wanted that win against Philly. And uh, like I said, AD didn't help themselves. He didn't help the Lakers by doing what he did and committing those three fouls in the first quarter. And he was never aggressive again. Um, but that's where the Lakers are. Three and three through that uh, through that six-game road trip. So before I get into what the Lakers got coming up, I, I will say, you know, overall, the way I looked at that road trip, I, I think they could have done better, um, but you're also not going to harp on the fact that they're 3-3 three and three based on who this team is. It's kind of funny to see how the expectations are starting to change with the Lakers. I got somebody hit me up on Twitter and it's telling me, you know, I don't know why you expect a different result. This is who this Lakers team is. And I hear what he's saying. I, I understand what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is, are you not looking at their record? They're 11 and 15. This is what 11 and 15 teams do. No, there, there's a difference to that. I, I think that if the Lakers started the season, let's say, 8 and 2, remember they went through that stretch and won 8 of 10 games, and then they were just dreadful after that, then you could say, okay, maybe they just got lucky. They got off to a good start. There were matchups that played in their favor, but they're really not an 8 and 2 team. The difference is the Lakers actually started the season out 2-10 and 10 and then started making a run. You know, you go look at the Western Conference right now and you see where the Lakers are. They're 11-15. and 15. So right now the Lakers are tied for the 12th best team in the Western Conference. Okay, that's obviously nothing to be happy about. No, nothing impressive right there. However, I will say that go look at the rest of the Western Conference. Lakers are three games back. Of the sixth seed, they're three and a half games back of the fifth seed. So um, I don't want to be too hard on the Lakers because if you'd have told me a month ago this is where they're sitting and they're only three games back from being in, you know, two games back from a play on play in spot or three games back from the number six seed, they're within striking distance of everybody, even with this brutal schedule to start off, even with that six game road trip, and it's obviously not going to get any easier in December. Um, next five games for the Lakers, here's a perfect example. Boston at home, best record in the NBA. Denver at home, 16-10, third best record in the West. You got an easy one after that against Washington. Um, and then you got Phoenix and Sacramento on the road, two teams that love to play the Lakers, and you know their fan base, their fan base gets up for it. Um, it's a tough schedule. For the Lakers, they're hanging in the mix here. They're they're surviving is probably the best way to put it. And I know you don't want to survive, you want to thrive, but that's kind of where the Lakers are right now. And 
this road trip did not kill them. They actually were just fine by the time the dust settled. Would I have liked to see a little bit more? Yes, um, it, it didn't happen, but I think the Lakers, that missed opportunity was a game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, uh, before hitting the highways this holiday season, head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change, and make sure your sleigh is in peak performance. Uh, thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, a partner here on 710 ESPN on Lakers Talk. Um, Laker fans, I, I want to spend some time on this because I think this is, you know, obviously really, really critical. There's a really important date coming up on December 15th, and it is the date signals the first time that players that sign in the offseason, about 90% of their players now will be available for some type of a trade if you want to make a trade. Um, what's the strategy for the Lakers for that December 15th date? Do you stop having the conversation about Russell Westbrook because he's been so good off the La- uh, for the Lakers off the bench? Do they make a big splash? Do they make a small splash? Or do they do nothing at all? We'll get into all that coming up next. Stay right here. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Trevor Lane, a Lakers nation, coming on in about 15 minutes as well. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, Just a reminder, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join me here in about uh, 10, 12 minutes, you could say. Um, always uh, enjoy having him on and having that conversation about Lakers basketball. Um, okay, so December 15th. Man, we have been throwing these dates here for um, – we've been throwing some of these dates here, it seems like, since the beginning of the season. First it was, ah, wait till November 15th. Then it was wait till Thanksgiving. Then it was wait till they're 20 to 25 games in. And then here we are now, uh, Lakers – how many games Lakers in now? 26 games in, 27th game of the season coming up tomorrow. And December 15th is obviously a key date. So let me kind of explain to some Laker fans out there why December 15th is important. So December 15th means um, players that signed in the offseason are now eligible to be traded. And I'm going to take something off of um, an article that uh, Sham Sharania had in The Athletic. And he talked about certain players that the Lakers have targeted, uh, what some of the priorities will be for the Lakers in trade discussions with other teams. Again, Sham Sharania, The Athletic. First off, let me just say this, Laker fans. I mentioned the Western Conference standings for a quick second. I want to emphasize that again. 
The West is wide open, period. Okay? Um, the number one team in the Western Conference is the Pelicans. They're 18-8. and eight. They've won seven games in a row, nine of their last ten. Uh, and I know they're winning games here, and, and just watching some of the highlights, I'm not watching all their games, but Brandon Ingram hasn't even been in the lineup. So they're impressive, they're winning games, but it's still the Pelicans. The Grizzlies have the second-best record in the Western Conference. Not as much of a surprise, they're 17-9. and Denver's 16-10. and Phoenix is 16-11. and um, Sacramento and Portland, 14-11, 14-12. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because the Western Conference is wide open. Now, if you said, hey, if you got to pick one team out of the West, I'm still going to go more traditional. I'm going to tell you that the Golden State Warriors are going to figure it out, and that's still the most dangerous team in the West. But I bring that up because the Lakers have played much better basketball over the last 30 days than they did to start off the season. What the season start? October 18th. So the first three, four weeks of the season for the Lakers, awful. The last three, four weeks, much better for the Lakers. Um... They're 11 and 15. They're not out of the mix. And the most important thing is, are you hanging with the good teams? Do you feel like you have opportunities against the good teams? So whether the Lakers should make a move, not make a move, December 15th, there's going to be a lot more players that are available for the Lakers to trade. I want to I want to look at it a couple different ways. I think the days of, hey, the Lakers are going to trade two first rounders, the 2027-2029. Plus, they're going to trade Russ, and they're going to go get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I feel like those days are getting a lot quieter. I feel like the draft compensation Lakers are willing to give up is a lot less. And I think because the Lakers have been winning games and Russ has looked – look, whatever you want to say about Russell Westbrook, whether you like his game, you don't like his game, he's looked good off the bench, period. He's less of a storyline. He's left less of a – you know, unfortunately, last year and even the beginning of this year, there was Russ was the punchline and the Lakers were the punchline. There's a lot less of that over the last 30 days. And compliments to Russ for, I think, taking the advice of Darvin Ham and saying, come off the bench. You're still going to get starter minutes. This is in the best interest of the team. And we could highlight what you do best when you do come off the bench and you could set up Braun and Anthony Davis and Lonnie Walker and Austin Reese like he has been doing. Listen, I'm not trying to sell you that Russell Westbrook is perfect. What I'm trying to sell you on is he's been a lot better the last 30 days, and I think is there's a there's a role for him that makes sense, and he's trying as best as he can to thrive off of that uh, coming off the bench. I don't think the Lakers are going to go make that blockbuster move. I don't. And we've heard in the past – that if they were going to trade Russ and a couple draft picks, a couple first-rounders, then they better get an all-star coming back. That's the only way that they're going to trade those draft assets. What it seems like, you know, I had Jovan Buha came on the pregame show yesterday. You guys have heard him come on before as well. We've had these conversations. What seems much more realistic for the Lakers right now and what seems much more realistic of what they're willing to do at least – once December 15th rolls around, they don't have to do anything right away, is kind of tinker rather than go make blockbuster moves. Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, we've heard those names come up. I will say the thing that the Lakers are in such need of, and we got a chance to watch him yesterday 
and I'm not telling you that it's Boyan Bogdanovich, and I'm not telling you that the Pistons are interested in trading him, and I'm not telling you that there aren't five, six, seven, eight other teams that think they need Bogdanovich as well, which is going to obviously drive up the price. They need wings. They need a guy that, you know, their lineups right now where it's Dennis Schroeder, it's Russell Westbrook, it's Lonnie Walker, it's Austin Reeves. These are not big players. Uh, it's Patrick Beverly. They're all guards. And I don't think the Lakers have, you know, from a size perspective, enough size. We clearly know that they don't have knockdown 40, 42% three-point shooters. That's not something that they have on a consistent basis on their roster, even though I, I, I'm a big fan of Lonnie Walker. I think Lonnie Walker does everything he can. Austin Reeves, a really nice role player as well. Um, I, I think addressing that, should be the number one priority. So if the Lakers are going to go out there and make a move, and it's Pat Bev and it's Kendrick Nunn, and maybe they got to give up a first-rounder, or maybe it's a couple second-rounders, whatever the case is, it sounds like that will be the strategy more. And to be honest with you, I'm not opposed to that 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 game plan because if they do go make a move that addresses some of the needs that they need now – it doesn't mean that they can't make another move as you get closer to the trade deadline. What does that team look like after you make a move and you get another 30, 60 days playing together? Are they moving up in the standings? Are they not? Does it look like they got chemistry or do they not? Does Russ look like he's thriving in his role or there's still issues there? Or maybe just an opportunity comes up where they can go get an all-star caliber player and it is going to cost them some draft compensation, but it puts them in the mix in the Western Conference. Those are really the questions that you ask right now about the Lakers when you get closer to that December 15th date. It's it's not just, well, go trade everything you have. Who cares about the picks? And it's also not, well, don't do anything because you're, you know, you're affecting your future. The Lakers are, at least over these last three, four weeks, proving that now they can hang with teams. Of course, they're not going to be a favorite, but they can hang with teams. I'm going to read a quote out here. I I think this is an important quote, and this is coming from somebody that I I think we all would agree has a pretty damn good idea of what's going on in the NBA. Um, Draymond Green was asked specifically about the Lakers, and um, you know he kind of went out of his way to make sure that people understand that he's not counting them out. I don't have the exact quote here. I'll get it here in just a second here, but – Draymond Green basically says, when you got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis, and you got Russell Westbrook, I'm not counting out the Los Angeles Lakers. And I I don't think he's just saying that just to say it. I think his idea and his concept, and I think this is the conversation of anybody in the NBA circles, if Anthony Davis has looked as good as he has over the last 30 days, And if LeBron James is the second best player for the first time in his career on another franchise or on on this franchise, and Russ is coming off the bench, and they got role players that you feel like um, that feel like they can contribute, and everyone's playing really hard for your coach Darvin Ham, and potentially they can go out there and make a a deal, let's say around that December fifteenth date or whatever it is, sometime in December, and try to address anything like a wing player. Maybe they're getting a a, a true backup center or whatever the case is. Um, Now you're having a different conversation. And looking at the Western Conference and seeing if you could tinker with a couple things and having faith 
that Anthony freaking Davis can keep doing what he's doing. And to be honest with you, I don't see that many reasons why Anthony Davis can't keep doing what he's doing. I think that's when we start having that conversation of, all right, if you are going to go make a deal, um, I think it can keep the Lakers in the mix. And all you're really asking for, for a player like LeBron and a player like AD at this stage of their career, specifically LeBron, get in the mix, be a part of the conversation, and maybe just maybe you're in the playoffs and you have some matchups that work to your favor, and you got two of two, you know, obviously two elite players, and you can go from there. So his exact quote uh, from Draymond, um, let's see what he says here. Yeah, he's speaking. That's what it was. He was speaking with the uh, ESPN crew before the Warriors and the Boston Celtics. He says, "I've been telling everybody for two years now. I'm never counting the Lakers uh, out. They got LeBron James. They got Anthony Davis. They got Russell Westbrook." So. That is uh, Draymond's uh, feel for that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It, it kind of, you know, it adds an interesting storyline around the entire NBA because everybody kind of thinks they're in the mix. Uh, Dallas feels like, hey, okay, we're in the mix. Utah, yeah, we're kind of still in the mix too. Warriors and Clippers, I don't really have to talk about. I mean, I, I know Clippers, a lot of this is going to be on health. Portland feels okay with where they are. Sacramento feels like they're okay with where they are. Phoenix is saying to themselves, um, you know, we just get into the playoffs and, and they'll try to do what they do. Uh, so I, I think you have a long laundry list of teams that feel the same way. And, and frankly, in the Eastern Conference, it's a little bit different because the East, I think Boston and Milwaukee are the two teams that everybody just assumes, at least I do, will get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's wide open in the West. In the Western Conference, I can't tell you these two teams are going to be there 100%. And I don't think there are overwhelming reasons why you should count the Lakers out of that mix as well. Um, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, he's coming up next. We got a lot to get into around Lakers basketball, and I'll kind of get his opinion of what he thinks the Lakers should address come December 15th. Do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, nice enough to join the show. Uh, always looking forward to having some good NBA chatter with uh, with Trevor. Trev, thank you for uh, taking the time, buddy. What's going on? Oh, no, not too much. I'm getting ready for the uh, the holiday season here. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk Lakers basket- basketball with you. Always a good time, man. Okay, so um, I spent some time to start off the show talking a little bit, breaking it down, 3-3 three and three on the road trip. 
And it's kind of funny. I, I go back and forth on this. First go around, it was, um, you know, okay, if they get to 3-3, three and three, I think everybody would take it. But then they start out 2-0. and oh, They beat the Milwaukee Bucks, take care of the Wizards. What what was your what was your overall thoughts on the trip? Are you content with the three and three record, or did you get a little greedy and hope that the Lakers can beat either Cleveland, Toronto, or Philadelphia? Of course, that Philly game is the game that I'm targeting to push it to four and two. What what, what were your overall thoughts now that the dust has settled? That they go three and three. I would have said done deal. I will take that. That's great. That's that's all you need for the Lakers right now. But after the way that Philadelphia game ended, it felt like they were so close to four and two. And then there's also that that sense of, well, if Anthony Davis had them gotten sick, what could the record have been on, on this road trip? Could they have done even better? And so when you've got those two things, now that the trip is over, you look back and you kind of feel maybe a little bit disappointed. But again, you got to try to remember that. Go back to the beginning of the trip. If we said they go three and three. I think pretty much every Laker fan would have said, yep, that'll get it done. We'll take that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I, you're right about that. And I try to kind of put myself, put, let's put it in perspective because there was a point of the season where it felt like 30 days ago that this is only going to get worse and the Lakers were 2-10. and 10. And now it's not like the record. I, I hate to look at the record and see that they're 11-15. and 15. I hate to look at the standings and see that they're still you know, 12th, 13th, somewhere around there. Um, but they're not far out of the mix. And all I think you're looking for at this point is keep your head above water, see if you can slowly but surely try to get closer to 500. Um, as you look at the NBA standings right now, and you see that the Lakers are just, what is it? I want to say three games out of sixth place, but they're sitting in 12th. Mm-hmm. How close do you think they are to some of those teams in front of you? And I'm not talking about the actual standings. I'm saying from um, a talent perspective, from a – uh, continuity perspective when you see teams in front of the Lakers how do you compare them to some of the other teams that are in front of them I mean I think a lot of that hinges upon Anthony Davis if he's able to continue playing at this MVP caliber level that we've seen him at recently then they're not that far then you're talking about a piece or two away from being right there with all of those teams and they're in their squad with AD playing at this level they can beat just about anybody on any given night again we saw that against the Milwaukee Bucks, if there's some regression from Anthony Davis, then then you're there's a little bit of separation there. But if you keep getting this version of AD, this AD that looks like a 1A superstar to build around, then that's enough to get you right there in that mix if you're able to add you know, even just one piece. I think they could be there. I think they've got to be feeling pretty good about where they're sitting right now in terms of the way they're performing. And now it's just a matter of can you go find that, that one piece, maybe two, in order to firmly put yourself up in that mix. Like you said, it's like a, like a three-game gap. The West is so compact, there's real opportunity here to move up. It, Trevor Lane taking some time here on Lakers Nation, from Lakers Nation, joining uh, Lakers Talk. Um, Trev, we, we, got a, we got a key date everybody's been talking about, right? Everybody's been talking about that December 15th date, and feels like we keep pushing the uh, um, – kind of kicking the can down the road. First, it was kind of wait till that mid-November. Then it was Thanksgiving. Then you're like, all right, 20 to 25 games is when teams start really considering where they are, and it gives them enough time to figure out um, if they're if they're a competitor or not. December 15th is a key date for a different reason. It's because any player signed in the offseason is now eligible to be traded. If there's a number one priority for you right now that the Lakers need that they should be identifying if they are to make a move, what are you hoping to see? 
Yeah, I'd be looking to get shooting if I'm, if I'm the Lakers. I think that's still an area of need. And then in terms of the position, you'd like to see that come from. You'd like to get that from a bigger wing player. You can see so many times where the Lakers are forced to roll out three point guards at the same time, sometimes even four guards on the floor along with a big. They're just so undersized. They need another guy that's six seven to six ten somewhere in that range and preferably somebody that can shoot the ball. So that's what, I, what I'm looking for for the Lakers. You need a little bit more shooting to provide you that, that spacing. I think they've been shooting the ball certainly better than they did at the beginning of the season when they were shooting like 21% from three. I mean, we're talking historically bad from three. We knew that eventually they were going to come back around on that, but you need to add a little bit more size on the wing to this team. That's going to be so critical for them to match up with some of those teams that you were just talking about in the upper part of the Western Conference. So getting that shooting and getting it from the wing position, I think is going to be really important for L.A. Trev, you think they do something? I know we kind of um, trying to take as best as I can based on what they know today and based on how much I think they are valuing those future draft picks. How aggressive do you think they are? I think they're going to be very aggressive. And, I mean, from a fan perspective, there's a lot of frustration out there. That you know, We were hearing about a trade all the way since July, right? We've been hearing trade rumors since then, and, and nothing really significant got done aside from a Patrick Beverly trade. So I know people roll their eyes when they hear more, more Lakers trade rumors. But, it, it, you know, when you see Anthony Davis playing the way that he is, when you've got LeBron on the contract that he's on, he re-signed, he committed to the franchise with the expectation that they would make some kind of move, that they would do something to put the team into contendership, and if AD is playing as well as he is, they're, they're not that far off. I'm expecting them to get something done. On the flip side, though, the market is not going to be very easy because you've got a lot of teams that are looking at themselves like the Lakers, saying we're not that far away, and so that means they're not going to be sellers. They're going to be buyers. So there's going to be limited assets on the market, and that's going to drive price up. And you've got the fact that you know, everybody knows that the Lakers would like to make a move and, and help out LeBron and help out AD. And that is only going to increase the price as well in terms of uh, trade leverage and in negotiation. So it's not going to be easy, but I do expect the Lakers to get something done that's going to give them a, a bit of a boost here in the West and, and hopefully push them up in the standings. Trevor, are the teams in the Western Conference, and you know, you look at the standing, Pelicans have the best record in the Western Conference. Memphis is number two. Go down the list. Uh, Sacramento's in the mix. Portland's in the mix. Even Utah's still part of that uh, playing tournament. Of the teams that you know came in as the favorites in the Western Conference, which I would say is the Warriors, there was a lot of chatter around the Clippers. And, and Memphis, I think they're just continuing to build off of what they're doing. Is there a team to you that is we're not talking about enough, but you think is going to be around this entire time and a contender in the Western Conference? Maybe that is Memphis. Maybe it's the Pelicans. Is there a team out there that sticks out to you? Yeah, I think Denver is going to be really interesting. You know, the, the Pelicans were my dark horse to come out of the Western Conference and maybe even win a championship. Unfortunately for the Lakers, they're sitting in the one seed right now. And I say unfortunately because of that pick swap situation that the Lakers have, you want you want the Pelicans to lose as many games as, as possible if you're happening right now. But they're already getting a lot of buzz. And a team that's just kind of laying in the weeds, that team that uh, is going to be cruising along for much of the season. But then come playoff time, when you've got Nikola Jokic, you know, I know they've had struggles in the past, but they've got some interesting pieces. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, our old friend there, I think he does a lot for them on the wing, as does Bruce Brown. So I think that they've got the potential to, if they really hit their stride, come playoff time, be the team that nobody's talking about enough right now, 
but could become extremely dangerous and a very tough out in the postseason. Um, tomorrow, the Lakers are going to go up against the uh, Boston Celtics, and they got a stretch here over these next five games. I, I want to lay out these next five games for you because if you thought that six-game road trip was uh, was challenging, they definitely got some tough games coming up. Um, Boston, Denver, and Washington at Crypto. Uh, obviously, Boston and Denver, two really tough matchups. Phoenix and the Sacramento Kings on the road. What is if I told you the Lakers would go three and two in that stretch? You taking that uh, taking that right out the gate? Oh, for for sure, yeah. In that stretch, if you can go three and two, yeah, you're you are you're smiling ear to ear if you can go three and two in that stretch for sure. Well, and, and the reason why I bring it up is because I think more of these challenges is I look at them actually as a positive for the Lakers, and I don't want to kind of explain what, what I'm referring to there. Um, I want to see what they look like, and I want to see what they look like against good teams. That was kind of the bummer with the Cavs and the Raptors, mm-hmm. those back-to-backs. Uh, but it seems it, it's not – I don't think it's out of the ordinary to think that the Lakers can go 3-2, and two, um, and and that seems so much different than a conversation that we are having 30 days ago. Am I being too optimistic that I think the Lakers are going to be fine over this stretch, or do you think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not realistic? Well, I mean, I, I think the must-win game there is the Washington game, right? I mean, that's the, that's the game where if you show up and you play to the best of your ability, you don't just have a night where you don't bring the energy, you should get the win. The other ones, even if you're playing at your very best, you may not get the win, especially against the Celtics who have been steamrolling most teams. That's going to be a difficult matchup, but wouldn't it feel great to win that one? Yes. But 3-2, and two, I, I think, again, if we get – if we get Anthony Davis playing at the level that we've seen recently, again, anything is possible for this team. They could, they could beat anybody on any given night. Uh, he's matched up well with Nikola Jokic in the past. So I, I, as much as I was singing the praises of the Nuggets uh, just a, a few moments ago, I wouldn't shock me if the Lakers were able to get uh, a win against Denver. So I think there's, some, there's going to be some opportunities to get wins there. But again, you've got to get, you've got to get that, that floor of getting the win against Washington and then see if you can pick off one or two of these other ones, pull off an upset, particularly when you're at home, see if you can get something done there. That's going to be key for the Lakers. Again, this stretch isn't, isn't easy. Uh, if they go two and three, I probably wouldn't be that disappointed either. But again, if AD really is this MVP caliber player that we've seen recently, then any given night they can, they can get a win over just about anybody. Again, like we, like we saw against Milwaukee. Trev, I'm, I'm always curious. You know, you do so much and you have so much interaction with Laker fans what, what has been the, at least from a fan perspective, of the initial thoughts of Lakers head coach Darvin Ham? Uh, have they, have it, has it been very positive? Has it been neutral? How have you felt uh, some of that interaction? Uh, it's, it's been neutral to negative, but uh, that's, you know, that's kind of par for the course, right? When you're, when you're a coach, you're going to catch a lot of criticism. Um, Whenever a player is on the floor that a fan doesn't like, or if they don't like a lineup or whatever, that always comes back immediately on the on the coach. The, whatever the coach decides and does, it's very out there. It's very obvious when they when they make that decision. So they're going to be open to criticism because of those things. Um, I, I think the main frustration from fans, and this isn't necessarily a Darvin Hand thing. This is also a roster construction thing. Has been seeing so many guards on the floor at the same time, and then seeing the Lakers struggle on the boards as a as a result that's been a point of frustration for fans. They, I've seen a lot of people that have just been upset with the, with Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, a mix and match those guys all on the floor at the same time, because you're so undersized. So mm. 
that's been the biggest criticism I've seen of, of Darvin Ham. But again, not all of that is on him. You look at the roster, and especially with winning Gabriel and Juan Toscano Anderson out right now, there's not a lot of really wing depth for him to turn to. So I feel for him in that regard. But that's the main frustration I've seen from fans um, who are who would criticize Darvin Ham right now. Trev, final one for you, and I always appreciate you taking the time. Um, what's a perfect picture? And I don't have the answer for this, but for me, when I'm looking at the stats at the end of the game, a lot of times I, I do look at all right, how many shots did Anthony Davis take? Was he the focal point? Was he the focal point tonight? Um, and in some of those games, I'll give you an example, Lakers versus Philly, and I know AD put himself in foul trouble. Bron took nine more shots. I think yesterday Bron took more shots than Anthony Davis as well. And it's not always comparable because AD might get to the free throw line a lot more than Bron. In a perfect world, how many how many more shots would you like to see Anthony Davis take than LeBron? I know that's a short-sighted question because you just don't know how games work. Every game is so different. But in, in a perfect world, what are you hoping for um, as far as AD compared to Braun as the focal point on offense? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great point, Alan, about the, the free throw thing because that can, be, that can make it look a little misleading if you just look at field goals attempted. But in terms of opportunities, I would like to see Anthony Davis get, say, maybe 20% more opportunities than LeBron. I think that's the, the ideal situation. We're seeing Anthony Davis take over. We're seeing this become on the floor his team. That's not a knock on LeBron. I think that's... That's been by design for years now. They've been wanting Anthony Davis to do what we've seen him doing lately and then just be this dominant presence. So I would definitely like to see him get more opportunities. I think that's certainly ideal for the Lakers. He's the more efficient player. But I think what, what it's beyond just the number of opportunities, it's also got to be situationally. We'd like to see the LeBron ISO plays where everything is just kind of bogged down and you don't see a lot of movement on offense and you wind up with a 20-foot fadeaway from LeBron as the, as the clock is winding down. You'd like to replace those situations with Anthony Davis looks and then you know LeBron as a cutter or something like that. I think that's going to be the key. It's not just the total number of opportunities. It's where those opportunities are coming and what are they coming in place of. And for me, it's the ISO LeBron stagnation situations where he can still have success, but if the result is going to be a 20-foot fadeaway, you're probably better off trying to work the ball into Anthony Davis and letting him do some work around the rim. That's going to be more efficient for your offense overall. So, that, that's the way I look at, at that situation with, uh, with LeBron and AD. You need both of them at their best if you're the Lakers, but yeah, I definitely want to see more attempts from Anthony Davis overall. I think that's the, that's the path to victory. Trev, thank you, brother. Always appreciate your time and your insight. All right, thank you for uh, joining the show. No problem, Alan. Thank you for having me. All right, that is Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Uh, Trev does a fantastic job, as everybody knows. we got our final thoughts coming up next. I want to talk a little bit about that Lakers-Celtics game as well. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, thank you again to uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Um, man, there is a lot going on uh, this week. Obviously a lot going on for the Lakers over this uh next um, couple of days and really a couple of weeks. That that schedule is exciting. I, I know we look at it as, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be incredibly challenging. 
you're not wrong, Laker fans, but um, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I like seeing some of these challenges for the Lakers because I think it does give us a better indication of what exactly they are. A quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Before hitting the highways this holiday season, head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change, and make sure your sleigh is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com. Okay, so... Um, I, just g- give me a second here to talk a little Lakers and Celtics for tomorrow. It's a big game. Um, you know, it's one of the it's one of the more exciting games that the Lakers have during the season, and a lot of it is because of the history. And you know, I, I got the fortunate opportunity to do the pregame show with Michael Thompson every pregame. Well, a lot of the references that he makes goes back to that Showtime era, and. When he talks about what that Lakers-Celtics rivalry is, and um, you know, we could we could try as best as we can to talk about games today, but it, it really was one of the staples of what the NBA is today. It's started in that era, and it's that bird magic era, and the way they kind of grow, grew the game from there. Tomorrow is interesting for a number of different reasons. One reason why it's interesting is because the Celtics have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Okay, that's number one. Uh, by the way, they're taking on the Clippers right now. So Lakers actually a little fortune to get them on the second of a back-to-back. Um, we know that the Boston Celtics made it to the NBA Finals last year, and they're 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 set. I mean, they're they're trying to get back to the NBA Finals, and for a team that's as young, and I'm talking about you know their two main players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, throw Marcus Smart. He obviously has a good role with them. Um, they're going to get some cracks at this over the next couple of years to see if they can get back to the NBA Finals and try to win one. Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James here with the Lakers, they're playing better basketball, and they're obviously in a little bit better of a position than they were 30 days ago or so. So right out the gate, the matchup is attractive. Put the history to the side. Put the Lakers versus the Celtics to the side. It could be a really good game, and for a Lakers team that's coming off this road trip, they have that really impressive win against the Milwaukee against the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a game that I think a lot of Laker fans, you're not just watching it to see, oh, what did the Boston Celtics look like? You're watching it because it should be a good game and that there are star players on the Lakers, and the play should be rocking at crypto tomorrow night. But I want to go a step a little bit further because I'm going to hype up the game and I am looking forward to that matchup, but I'm also looking forward to the Lakers just getting wins. You want to get closer to 500. You want to move up in the Western Conference standings. And I know Boston is a tough matchup, and if you lost to them tomorrow, Boston was up last week, late last week. They were up 47 on the Phoenix Suns on the road. Now, Warriors got them, I think that was on Saturday, and Lakers now obviously have an opportunity to see what they can do against them. So Boston's in you know a tough stretch here. They played the Suns, they played uh, the Warriors. They're taking on the Clippers right now, and they got the Lakers tomorrow. Um, I love the history. I love the matchup. I love the stars. But I am looking at the Lakers, and I'm looking at a team that has 11 wins on the season, has 15 losses. What you don't want to do is find the Lakers in some kind of a position where. If they lost tomorrow and then they lost Friday against Denver because it's two good teams that they're facing, now they find themselves, you know, where they're six, seven games below 500. You just don't want to start seeing that for the Lakers. So, as much as I'm looking forward to that matchup tomorrow, I'm also trying to see if the Lakers can get some W's, even if it's against tough teams, and continue to prove that they can hang with a lot of the quality 
in the um, in the NBA right now. Um, okay, a couple quick uh, reminders here. If you missed any part of the show and you want to uh, listen to the full hour of Lakers Talk, download the ESPN LA app. Got our Lakers Talk channel there. Feel free to listen to everything there. We always put a lot of our content there, so I appreciate you guys being a part of the show on that front. I'm back on with Travis Rogers tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. We got the pregame show starting tomorrow night at 5.30, and then tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Quick shout-out here internally. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mar Ruiz, everybody that was part of the show. Appreciate all the tweets, by the way, coming in during the show as well. That's always appreciated as well. L.A., have a great rest of your night. L.A., have a great rest of your night.